want to talk about self-preservation. That's self-preservation. And if anyone know me, they would know that when it comes to um, um, unsolved mysteries, I'm a big fan of unsolved mysteries and murder crime and so forth. Um, and I and I spend a lot of time on YouTube just watching different stories. Um, like I said, I don't watch the news, but I'm very into crime scenes and 48 hours and unsolved mystery. Um, and I guess because of my, my feeling about um, law, and I always say in my next life, I want to be a judge. <laughs> um, so um, I'm very much into that. But I want to talk about uh, self preservation. And that basically means keeping yourself safe from harm, from harm or death. And that's self-preservation. And what triggered this conversation or discussion or conversation rather, because I'm the one talking, is on YouTube. Um, I was watching and I'm going to um, talk about two cases that I saw. The first case was about a young lady that, you know, came from a, a good upbringing, lived at home with her mom, parents. Her mom um, had a very good job, and she also was going to school for nursing, but she had gotten pregnant and had a son, and he was autistic. Um, during that time, I guess after two years, uh, she was driving, they got in an accident, and her son died. She kind of took it to heart, and when I say took it to heart, she had a breakdown, so you know, after she had dropped out of school, nursing school, after a while, she came around and her mom, she went back into nursing school. Um, and while she was in nursing school, uh, I guess there was a, a boy that was in, in the neighborhood. The, she, the girl was around 25 that they all knew. And he was having, he was done on his luck. And the mother being so kind because, you know, they all knew him, decided to take him in. So they took him in and what the mother started noticing shortly after that, he was uh, using drugs and she would constantly ask him. Um, I, I believe the mom worked for the government or she worked in something that had to do with drug and, and drug abuse and, and counseling. But I think it was more for the, for, the, for the state that she lives in. So she was aware of the signs and know when somebody was using and she confronted him and asked him if he was using. And he said no. And she said, well, if you want to stay here, you have to submit yourself to a drug test. Uh, he didn't want to submit him, himself to the drug test, so he moved out. So while he was in the home, there was, uh, uh, you know, he treated, uh, I guess her daughter treated, they treated him like a brother-sister thing, like he was part of the family. But after he left, uh, he started to pursue the daughter um, in a romantic way, and I guess she got involved with him. And then shortly after that, uh, she had finished school, and she had gotten, um, well, no, she was still in nursing school. She hadn't done it, but she was, you know, it was still trying to pursue and finish up nursing school. But somewhere along the line, he convinced her to move out of her mom's home. So she moved out, out of her mom's home and moved in with him. But she didn't move in with him. He said it was going to be her and him. But when she got to the home where he was staying, it was a whole bunch of people that was living in the house. So I guess they all put together and rented out the house. So while she was there... Not long after that, her mom noticed that she was kind of distanced because her and her mom was close. And, um, and they would always FaceTime each other and talk to each other and so forth. But when the mom realized that she became distant, um, she uh, FaceTimed her once and she answered, but she seemed like she was disorientated. She was out of it. And her mom knew that something was wrong. 
So her mom went and picked her up. She said she wasn't feeling well. So her mom went to the house and picked her up and took her to the hospital. And she had a lot of um, heroin, heroin in her system. And her mom was like, well, she's not. No, this is right shortly after she moved out and moved in with this guy. Now, her mom said she had begged her not to move in with him because she felt that he had a drug, uh, drug problem that, you know, and she was afraid that her daughter would get caught up into it. The daughter said she was old enough to take care of herself and, you know, blah, 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 so forth. So, um... The funny thing is, when she moved in with him, she actually stopped working. I mean, stopped going to school and took a full-time job. So, you know, she still hadn't finished her nursing degree. She had dropped out, uh, and uh, her mom wasn't even aware that she had dropped out. So when her mom took her to the hospital, they found that she had heroin, heroin in her system, and they had to keep her overnight. Her mom spoke to her and said, listen, you got to come back home. You got to not deal with him no more. So she did, agreed with her mom. I guess that was the first time, whatever, however... When she got home to her, with her, to her mom, she told her mom that the craziest things that this guy was having her sleeping with somebody in the house that was living in the house. Um, and he, I guess he wanted her to perform sex acts with, it, with, with this other person. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to give it away right away. I'll just let you know what's going on. Um, and, but she told her mom... Her mom said, well, who's living in the house? And she said, a bunch of girls. So mom in her mind is like, well, you're performing sex act with other girls than him. Um, this is what the daughter said. And she was, she said, it's stuff that she's not used to doing or it doesn't like it make her feel uncomfortable. So that's when her mother insists that she, you know, she, she comes back home. She comes back home. She finishes, gets her nursing degree. She starts to work and, you know, she's building up, building herself again. And somewhere along the line, the guy comes back in the picture and insists on telling her that she needs to move back in the house. He does love her and, and blah, 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 whatever. She moves back in the house and shortly after end up going missing. So she's go, she goes missing and nobody in the house knows what happens to her. He don't know what happened to her. He was like, well, she, we got an argument. She walked out of the house and we haven't seen her. I guess a month after that, they found her body and it was a foot. And the reason why they could identify her because there was a tattoo on the foot um, in... Um, some ocean that wasn't that too far from where the house was. To make a long story short, they never solved the case. The case is still unsolved. But the the thing about it is the, when the mother went there to find out what, because they, you know, went to the home when the boy, the, the boyfriend called and said, she, have you seen her? We haven't seen her. She's missing. I think she went to kill herself. And the mom was like, well, she's not suicide. She doesn't, she wouldn't do that. But anyway, when the mother got to the house and she finally met all the people that living in the house, she she realized that the guy, the person that the daughter that the boyfriend had her sleeping with also was not a woman but was a guy, right? It was a guy. So somewhere on the line, he introduced her to this mess, bring her in and have her doing performing sex act with this guy and him, and uh, whatever happened transpired. She's missing. They found her foot. And so, so is that story. The second story was, um, this was a young man that came from a prominent family. Um, and he met this girl that was studying law. And I think she was trying to major. She had, uh, and she was trying to get her PhD at the same time. She was doing a whole bunch of stuff. When he met her, she, um, uh, he was fascinated with her because he was going to college to be an engineer. So, 
I guess she was just the right type of person. They were on the same level educational-wise. They both come from a good background. But after several months, uh, she kept pressuring him that, you know, the distance between them, because they live four hours apart, that she, she couldn't take it and he needed to move to where she was to get a home so they could live together. But her parents was kind of leery about the whole thing because they were saying that she, they, what they realized about her was that uh, him, him and his family, they're very close. And I guess she and her family, they're not, she and her family and her are not that really close. Um, so she always try to intervene if they're having a, if they're having a conversation with him and she comes to visit, she's always trying to intervene or always try to pull him away. And this is a form of control. And you have to know the size of when people trying to pull you out of your, 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 where you are to get you over to where they are. That's one sign of control. And you have to pay attention to that. Like in the first story I talk about, uh, the guy told the girl to move out of her parents' home into where he was staying so he, he can control her. And this is what this girl did to this guy. She told him to move away because she felt that the relationship was, um, you know, not going anywhere because, because of the distance between them. So anyway, he moved out and moved in with her. Come to find out when um, he got, and start, a year after now, they've been living together, he realized that there was something sinister about her. But the parents said they always knew because they had his parent. Because having conversations with her, she always talked about her ex-boyfriend. How much they had loved each other. And, and it was just always about the ex-boyfriend. And so the parents didn't feel comfortable about him moving with her. But they never really got, because he, he was older. He was 30-something. They were in their 30s. So you really can't tell. He's a grown man, um, what he should do or what he shouldn't do. Um, but they felt uncomfortable about him moving with her, specifically because they felt that there was this control thing with her. Anyway, he moved in with her. He, I guess he was, you know, he was telling his parents that there's something about her and he thinks, you know, he wants to leave and start, just leave her and just, you know. It seems like, and then he was making preparations, but he never told her directly. I guess he never felt, I guess he was going to leave her, but not do it, do it discreetly. She um, come to find out that the ex, the boyfriend before, had left her, and she has feel a sense of entitlement. So he had left her, and she went nuts, crazy. Her parents tried to get her help. Um, she just flipped out, and she refused to, you know, refused to help her parents trying to get her. But anyway, she didn't show any. The guy was told his parents that she. The parents said she didn't. Well, they saw her when they were dating. When her son, before her son moved in with her, and she would come visit them, she displayed no sign that she had any mental issues other than the control issue that they saw. So all this was new to them, and he didn't know because you know they were dating and they were four hours apart. They were dating, so he wouldn't have seen how she she really is until he moved in with her. So I guess he moved in with her, and she was you know. Acting crazy. So a year after they moved in together, um, I guess he was making preparations to leave. But anyway, she caught wind of that and she plotted this whole thing. Now, um, like, like I said, she studied law and she was going back to school. She was trying to get her PhD. Um, so uh, she plotted that she was going to do a murder-suicide pack thing and kill him and kill herself. <coughs> so she had a friend that she had went to law school with Was that was also, you know, some other girl that she went and told her she wants to kill him. And the girl decided that they were going to drug him, that she could drug him to make it look like, you know, drug him first 
Um, and then after she drugged them, she was going to shoot him up with a lot of heroin, but she's supposed to kill herself also. Right. So she, after she drugged him and do that, she was going to do the same thing to herself. So it was supposed to be a murder suicide thing. She told a friend that a friend was the one who got the drugs. So she, they decided to have a farewell party. And the girl that, um, she, the, the, now this girlfriend didn't have any friends, but her friend had friends because they were all in law school studying law and, and doing the, studying different things. She invited a whole bunch of people and she told these people that it's supposed to be a murder suicide thing and that that's what she was going to do. So she invited the friends over. The friend was the one who actually got the drugs. So at the, at the party, they drank and, you know, carry on and do all sort of thing. After the people left, she put drugs, the, the, the pill that the friends, the friend got for her in his coffee. He drank, he passed out, but then she tried, attempted to, uh, inject him with the, uh, the, the heroin and it didn't work. So it didn't work. So the guy woke up the next day and I guess, you know, that was that. So she called a friend and was like, well, he woke up and nothing happened. Um, it's like the, you know, I don't know what it is. The, it, the guy just, she said, he just says like, why do I have such a, I feel like I have such a, a bad hangover. I didn't drink that much. The guy didn't think anything of it. It went about his business. She called a friend and tell a friend like it didn't work. So uh, maybe two months after that, she decided she was going to do it again. And of course, a friend, she told a friend that she's going to do it again. The friend told her how much heroin she should put. Maybe she didn't put enough heroin the first time. Um, uh, so she should put this amount of heroin. So uh, the second time, the same people again knew that they were doing it. So I, I just can't. Let me just comment, leave my, save my comment for then. The same people again came over because um, they were doing it. They know. They all know. Um, and she gave him the, the pills again to put him, knock him out. And he was knocked out. And this time she, she succeeded in pumping the heroin in the system, but he woke up in the morning and he was throwing up and he was like dying. He was on death's door and she sat there the whole time and watched him. But then she called one particular friend and was, this was a friend that wasn't at the party. And she was saying, what should I do? I think he overdosed on heroin. And the friend was like, well, if he overdosed, why are you calling me? Call 911. And she said, well, I don't want to call 911. And I don't want him because the thing, uh, I hadn't had anything to do with it. And the friend, I guess the person told her that, well, either you call 911 and they accuse you of doing it, or you don't call 911, they accuse you of doing something, but he's alive, or you let him die and then whatever. And that's that. So... She called 911, but she gave the wrong address and gave her wrong name. So while they were out there going to the wrong address, she decided to call back right there and then when she thought he was dead and gave the right address and the right number. The paramedics came. They couldn't save him. He died. The parents got the call. And the first thing the parents said was like, well, she did it. To make a long story short, uh, they got her in the court. Uh, it, it seems like she tried to use insanity like she was crazy and because of the prior breakup she had before. And then she was on diet and she claimed that the, the, boy, the boyfriend forced her to take diet pills so, so she could be skinny. I mean, the, the chick was skinny, but she was so obsessed with her body and wanted to say skinny, but she's trying to blame it that the drug that she took had a reaction to make her go mental crazy. And the family was like, wow, how, why would he... Uh, tell you to go take prescription that you know whatever she tried to use that as an excuse of why she did the 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 chick was smart because she studied law so she know the ropes anyway they all all the people that was at the party i don't know why they didn't charge them they all said yes they knew it was a suicide pack i'm it's unbelievable when i tell you the story is unbelievable it's unbelievable right they dragged the friend in the friend got tried they both they charged her and the friend the friend got no time she got 18 months 
That's all she got. First, there was, she was looking at second degree murder, but she only, do, she, she only did 18 months. So while she was in prison, she finished her PhD and she's out, la la, living her life. Um, the friend didn't get any time. It, it's just, well, of course, it didn't happen. It happened in Australia. It didn't happen in the US because I, I guarantee you that could never, that would have never gone down in the US. It was in Australia that it happened in Sydney. So I want to talk about self-preservation and how uh, you have to be careful of the people you surround yourself with, number one, and the people that you get involved with. Not just the people that, when I say get involved, I'm talking about people that you want to hook up with for or have partnership with, romantic partnerships with. You have to be careful. And then you also have to be surrounded with people. Um, be careful of people that you surround yourself with, like acquaintances, whether they're classmates, work, people that you work with, you have to be careful because there's a lot of people walking around and we always say the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. These are devil, the devil themselves. That's what I'm saying. I honestly believe the things that humans are capable of doing to each other, I honestly believe, and I say it's the devil because we all have a dark side, a shadow side. Some of us, our shadow side uh, might have to do with food. Some might be sex. Some might be drugs. Some people just have some obsession that they live in that obsession. And when I say they live in that obsession, they live for it or they live in it, right? They live in it. It's like uh, some people can't function unless they're not doing hellish stuff, right? Um, And we're not, it's not just, we're talking about, listen, for the students that was going to the college, these were people, these were, were adults because they were studying for their master's and their PhD that was attending a suicide pack party and did it twice and none of them alerted the police or even alerted the guy because they said he was the only one that didn't know what was going on. Didn't alert him of what. So these are some sadist sickos that probably get a kick off of people killing themselves and you do have people like that. You have people like that that will pressure you into killing yourself. Right, if you say you're gonna kill yourself, I remember that case in Boston where, where that young guy, high school, was in high school, and his best friend, girl, buddy girl, uh, he was so depressed and said he was gonna kill her, kill himself, and she 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 convinced him over a period of time. They had texts, they had everything. I think they gave her ten years. They had everything. She just kept pressuring and hammering him, hammering him to do it, do it, do it. And the day when he was he was supposed to do it, he said he's not going to do it. And she said, you have to do it. You must do it. You have to. You have to kill yourself. He finally killed himself. And then she turned around and tried to, you know, that whole like, uh, uh, why did he kill himself thing? Oh, oh, my God. Why did he do it? And if they didn't find the text, she would have gotten away with the shit. And they ended up charging her. They charged her because all the text messages and everything. I mean, these young kids, I, I just don't know what to, what to say. But like I said, you have to be careful because the devil is, 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 is in human form. That's what I want to say. <coughs> and you talk about hell, we're right. We're living in hell. Some of the things that, that I hear transpire and happen to people is so hellish that I don't even think hell can get no worse than what I've seen or heard. You know what I'm saying? The, the things that people are capable of doing. Human beings are capable of doing this. The things are so hellish, right? This chickadee planned a suicide, planned a suicide party, but she didn't end up killing herself. She didn't want to, and then she was telling the court that I was going to kill myself too, but I, I blah, 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 whatever the case is. No, the guy wanted to leave her and she feels entitled. So she decided she was going to take him out. And I guess she took all the anger out on him that because the, the first boyfriend or the boyfriend before left her. And she couldn't get over it. Now, the first story about the guy uh, uh, with the uh, nothing, the body wasn't found. No charges was made. 
The point is he saw, I think he, he got offended when he got thrown out of the house. The mother told him to leave the house because of his drug problem. And he saw that how vulnerable the daughter was because her son had died in the accident. He was two years old. And he decided to pray, pray on top of her, to, you know, uh, convince her uh, that he, how much he cared about her. And then lure her and dragged her into some sex drug thing where he got her hooked on heroin and then try to use her for his uh to 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 be involved in his sex his sex thing the sex thing that him and his friend was doing um and i'm like you have to be careful and this is for both men and women and more so women because the stories i'm hearing i think in the 90s we were i mean we we i was cautious we were cautious when we used to go out and guys just offer us to buy us drinks. We was like, no, we want the. We used to buy the wine, the wine cooler that was already sealed, and you have to break the seal to open it. So we would always say, that's what we'll drink. We won't take anything out of a cup or anything that you could unscrew and screw back. The seal has to be on it. So that's what we would drink. We would not drink. And then if if one of our friends was going to a guy's house, you know what we did. One of us would drive them to the house and, and we know they're not going to be there all night. So we would stay outside in the car and wait. That's the shit that we did. That's what we, so if they're going there for two, that's the pack that we had. If they're going there for an hour or two, you know, tops no more than an hour or two. You know what they're going there for. We would be outside waiting in the car just in case. That's what we did in the 90s. And it didn't seem to me like men were so sinister back then. And if they were sinister, when I say sinister, I mean drugging women and then raping and killing. They might have been, it, it was, back then it was called, we called it Spanish fly. And that's the thing that men would put in women's drink and then get them, um, you know, once they pass out or they're out of it, then they would rape. But I, I didn't hear so much about women dying because of men doing that. Two recent stories that, you know, that was just so crazy. The one was the girl in my city, my hometown, my area. She went, um, I met this guy on, um, what is it called? Uh, Tinder. He's a decent looking guy. Uh, I guess he was in his 30s and she was 25. Came to her home. The story don't make no sense. And to what he said, he said they were drinking. Mind you, they were drinking. They were drinking. She passed out. He lifted her up and put her on the bed. And he said the next morning when he woke up, he found out she was dead. That's all he said. They called the police. They didn't press any charges on him. The family made a, made, made a big stink about it. They found out that she had fentanyl and promethazine in her um, system. So it's, this is fentanyl. We know what fentanyl is. Promethazine, because I, I take promethazine. Promethazine is used for allergies. That shit alone will knock you out. So I try to take it at night when I go to bed. But I can't, and they tell you not to mix. You can't mix that with anything else because it's also used for mild surgery, promethazine. So if she was taking promethazine, I'm trying to figure it out. If she was taking promethazine, right, that thing will put you to sleep. So, for instance, she's on promethazine. And then he introduced, he has, he puts fentanyl in her liquor and give it a drink. That's lethal. You know, she's definitely, she, she would, well, it depends on how much you put in there. My sister's a nurse and she said, you know, they use um, the fentanyl and patients have, for cancer patients, but you got to use a little bit of it and you can't let it touch your skin either, a little teeny, teeny bit of it. So um, we don't know where the fentanyl came from. They didn't charge him because they, it, it really can't be proven that he put the fentanyl in her drink. But I'm led to believe that she wouldn't have taken, if she, unless he had promethazine and he put promethazine, 
in mixed with the fentanyl. I, I have no idea. He said, I don't think they did a rape kit to find out if he had sex with her. But I'm saying if you were, you went over there to meet to her house to meet her and she passed out, you should have left. Well, um, if she was, well, she drank and, 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 and she, I have no idea, but what I'm saying, he, he said he put her in bed and lied on next to her. Why are you lying down next to her? And then the next morning, uh, she wasn't breathing. He saw some stuff, foam coming out of her mouth and he called 911. I don't know. And, and, and the other story was this other girl, she went to the guy house and the same thing happened. The guy said, uh, they were drinking and then she passed out and he called the cops and she was dead there. So, I want to say to women, you have to be careful because I don't understand this day and age. We know that these stuff, these things are going on. So why are women going to men's house or allowing men to come to your house? And why are you openly drinking with these men that you don't even know? You meet them online. You don't know them. Why are you? It is, it's just crazy. Cause I'm like, we, we, listen, we, we took, we take no drink. From a guy, I you know what I teach my kids? I tell my kids, don't drink from your friends. Because if they really want to, if they're hooked on drugs and they want to get you hooked on heroin, they'll spike your food, they'll spike your drink. So don't take anything from them. I've taught my kids that ever since they were little. Don't drink, and I even tell them, don't eat from people just like that either. Right? Watch your friends and see how they move. If you see that they're doing things that you don't like, disassociate, disassociate, disassociate yourself move away from them, right? So it's, it's just crazy how um, today with technology, we know that certain things are going down and we see that, I just don't know why men are so sinister today than they are back in my time. And this, I'm not saying all men, but I'm going to say men, in, 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 men, men, some or most are very sinister, especially when it comes to their sex, because you, you have to be, I mean, like I said, back then it was just simply drugging you. And if you're disorientated and they have sex, but these men are going as far as not only do they want to rape these women, but they want to get them hooked on heroin or fentanyl or whatever the hell they're using. Right. But the fact is, because if you don't know the dosage of, and I think that's what it is. If you're not, you don't know how much fentanyl you're supposed to be using, you're going to kill the person. And I'm sure these men don't mean to kill them but because they don't know, you know what I'm saying? And if it's mixed with some other drugs, which is going to make it lethal. Remember, you don't know what the person is taking. Like I said, the first girl that, uh, uh, this, the, the, the story where she was, uh, he, lied in, he was lying in bed with her. She could, like I said, he probably didn't know she was on, if she was the one who was taking the promethazine and he didn't give it to her and then he gave her the fentanyl and, you know, that's that. So I want to say to, to especially the young people, self-preservation, you have to be aware, everybody in general, you have to be aware and you have to keep yourself safe, right? You have to make sure you keep yourself safe, especially when, you, when you, uh, you're surrounded by people that you think you know. And the easiest way you could tell if somebody means well, look at how they behave their actions, that will tell you, right? If you say to somebody, I want to kill somebody, and that person says to you, oh, go ahead, go ahead and do it. Uh, or they say, well, I don't believe you will do it. No, that's not the answer. The answer should be, you shouldn't be thinking like that. If somebody comes to me and says they're going to kill themselves 
or kill somebody. I'm like, you shouldn't be thinking like that. That's not the right. I'm not going to say to them, oh, I don't believe you'll do it. And oh, go ahead and do it. Because everything is not, you see, these people, young people today take everything for a joke, right? But you could tell how people are and you could test people. You know, you could test them to see if they're, if they have any, if they have good intentions when it comes to anything. Because people intention, you, you won't see somebody's intention, but by conversating with people, having simple conversations, you could know how they think by the stuff that comes out of their mouth. So whether you're going to get involved with someone or just having them as, uh, uh, keeping them as a friend or an acquaintance or even people that you work with, you can't, you got to be careful of who you're allowing in your space, Right? You got to be careful of the people that you get, you have romantic relationships with, whether you're hooking up with them or having a long-term relationship with, because the guy with the, with the girl that had a suicide pact, they were dating for several months before they moved in together. So at some point, uh, maybe he felt like he knew her enough to make that big jump and they even stayed together for a year after. So 17 months they've been together and, but she was, she had uh killing serial killer mentality. <laughs> She got to be a goddamn serial killer for her to plan. And then the thing about it, she got off and they even knew that that was something she planned in advance. I don't even know how she got off, but it wasn't a no mental insanity plea they gave her because that couldn't be proven, even though they said she was acting like she was damn crazy. But she could not know the law because she was studying law. So that's what she kind of, you know, did all of that, put everything in plan. And then they said her thesis for her Ph.D., uh, she wrote about women in prison and women committing crime, but the book is not available to. Because I would have loved to read what the shit she write she wrote in that uh, book. So this was a very intelligent and smart woman that did this. So uh, men, you have to be careful of some of these women out here, and and women, you have to be careful because these men are sinister. They're very they're the the things that they'll do. You know, you have to be careful. So that's why I want to talk about self-preservation and protecting yourself from harm and death. And the only way you could do that is to discern, judge people. Yes, you could judge them. If they want to come into your space, you got to watch them, watch how they move, how they, how they interact with other people, the conversations they have. And, you know, you could tell. The signs are there. You know, you could tell. Don't be in a rush to get involved with people, whether it's to have a relationship or to have them in your space as friends. Don't be so eager to get involved with them. Use the time to get to know someone before you say, look, you could be my friend, you come in my space, or we could get involved. Your life is worth more. Your life, okay, put it this way. Your life is worth more than any friendship or any romantic relationship. That's it.